Mason. Yes, sir. You want to hear a story? Yeah, let's do it. So this was several years ago when I was working for the general contractor originally. And um, we had this job at a sign company that is off of the I-17. And the building was built... I, ooh, they've been there for a very long time. It was early 1900s, I think, when part of it was built. Anyways, they've got this office area that they wanted renovated, and they had some printing machines in there, stuff like that. So um, part of the roof was kind of sagging in this one part. Uh, so we were going to go through, demo everything. Uh, we had to cut out the ceiling, uh, do some reinforcement, and then basically... It's totally retrofitted for what they needed. So electrical, uh, data, just make it look better than it was. Essentially all that stuff. So it was one of the most miserable times that we were doing it too when we were originally tearing it out because it was the middle of summer. We've got no AC in there. And um, when we were, when we officially got to like tearing out the ceiling, um, the amount of insulation, like you're just, it's like you're walking around in snow, like up to your knees in snow, but it's just insulation and it's the old shit. So it's just nasty. Some of the newer stuff. Asbestos. Oh, probably. <laughs> oh, dude. Like the newer stuff isn't as aggressive on your lungs when you breathe it in. The older stuff Oh boy, you do not want to deal with that. We So usually kind of like my rule of thumb is you can make it through a day with a dust mask, even if it gets dirty, kind of bang it out a little bit at lunchtime, whatever, put it back on. You're good to go. No issues. But that you're doing like two to three masks a day because you're just building up this coat on this dust mask of just insulation. Nasty. Anyways, when we were just starting the demo, we had to take down the light fixtures, which they've got the conduit running on the ceiling that are going to all the light fixtures. And uh, I, I was working with my supervisor at the time. We're on other opposite sides of the room just doing our thing, pulling stuff apart. I'm unscrewing this conduit that is screwed uh, into the, the joist above. It comes out, so now the conduit's loose. What we found out was, in that moment, that conduit was supporting the drywall ceiling. So a huge section of the ceiling just came falling down, and part of it was like six inches from my face. So I almost got taken out because as I'm dropping this conduit, that was supporting the ceiling. So thank God those people went through and redid that place because... Give it a couple more years, and it was coming down. Did it snow on you with the insulation? No, oh. but it was... Oh, that was that was one of the worst ones, just because it was so nasty. But... Ew. Yeah. So. Yeah, taking a bath in insulation is not fun. Doesn't matter how well, old it is. Probably oh, lost a couple of years, huh? Oh, boy. If he doesn't have a tumor this instant, yeah. Oh. Well, explains a lot. You didn't say where the tumor was. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to this last week? Uh, went up north, Prescott, with the family. Took the kids in snow. Had some snowball fights. 
found some places to go sledding. That was fun. Um, yeah, I got sick too on the way back home. You know, I left early so I wouldn't be late to our team meeting the next day and start feeling weird on the ride home. Was not a good night. Didn't go to bed till four. And today was my first day outside. Well, second day outside. It's good to know you told us that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was late in the afternoon. We've already shared a drink. You know? Well, you got. Well, you guys were also over at the house on Wednesday. This is true. Oh, yeah, we true. were there. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're exposed. We're done. yeah. You've already exposed. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're getting COVID again. I'm fine. Once again. Yeah. Joe's in a unicorn somehow. Oh, it's because he is. Is it because he's vaccinated? No. Okay. We don't want to go into that. We can. <laughs> we're gonna just. Whatever little audience we have, we're just going to let YouTube take away right now. So <laughs> we'll just do this. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't need it. Apparently. Yeah. Well, so does this the, dude has literally... Well, so does the entire United States of America, but... Hmm? Didn't need it? Well, that's what Joe told me before we started, so... Darn it. I'm outed. Oh, gosh. But yeah, that was my week. <clears throat> Nothing crazy. <laughs> Fell back. I love the transition. Yeah. Yeah, got a lot of makeup work to do because I really didn't do anything. So... Nice. Yeah. We Joe? didn't show up to you playing basketball. Oh, I did. I was shooting hoops with a little guy. Yeah. Yep. We got a season coming up. Got to get him right. That he does not want to do. Oh. <laughs> is your son done with? Uh, is the other son done with cross country? I don't know. I don't know if it goes like through the whole year. I don't know if it's like high school. Because you said that. No, high school is only for like three months. Yeah, but I don't know if grade school is different. Oh, it's got to be different. Yeah, so well, I don't know I mean if it, the same. Like you, they're not going to run grade school kids cross country all year. I have no idea. So I have no idea if it's done or not. He did good. He kept through it. He got better every week. Never finished last. Was he proud of himself? He was. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The most important thing. Joe, I saw some photos on Instagram of you doing some acrobats at work this week. Yeah, we were up in the air. Um, Are you doing keg stands again? I could, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Not at work. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that photo in particular you're referencing, that was... Um, hypothetically. Hypoth definitely, definitely hypothetically. That this was, is all for entertainment. This is forklift territory. I actually went and was about to get the sky jack they had in the, in the living room, the cherry picker, and um, it wasn't going to fit down one of the hallways. So instead, I set my extension ladder up on the highest physical setting, which is 15 feet, on top of a staircase. So I was probably good 20 feet in the air, I think. That was good. Maybe not my feet were 20 feet in the air, but knees up. Nice. Knees up, 20 foot. That was fun. Uh, that window. Yeah, I think that was an 11-foot window on paper. Are you an ad adrenaline junkie? Yeah, you could say something like that. Yeah? You like that kind of stuff? I do. That's why I crash cars for fun. Oh, really? Not that I want to, but it just kind of happens. It's a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> it's a byproduct of trying to race. 
Um, but yeah, no, that was a good time. That house was beautiful. Uh, Arcadia windows really crushed it on that stuff. Everything looks phenomenal there. Um, what else did we do? Um, this week has been pretty good as far as driving. We uh, we made sure the tires on my work van still work. They definitely spin in circles. Uh, <laughs> so we got to test those. Um, we made sure some toilets still worked um, in various places. <laughs> That's kind of been it. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Nice. You're supposed to have. You're a bachelor. You're supposed to have some crazy stories. Yeah. Did. Did you, you did a low-key weekend for New Year's? Yeah. I drank a bottle of Jack in Malibu and rum at home. <laughs> Is that how you broke your foot? Huh? So no. You, oh, yeah, we forgot to one. talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, crazy thing. I kicked. I wanted to make sure it was screwed into the ground properly. That's I think that was what I was really trying to do. <laughs> I to make sure it was seated into the ground properly. There's a frame for a window. Real narrow, real small. It's only an inch or so off the ground. We're walking around. In our socks, trying to keep the floor clean, because cleaners were there the day before. So I'm doing my thing, walking around, laying the paper down, whatever else I got going on, and I'm like, hey, let's step right here. Lo and behold, there's that one-inch piece of metal off the ground. Kicked my foot straight into it, and it bruised halfway up my foot, and it was just the one toe. Which toe? Uh, the one next to my large toe. Don't know the name. Not a doctor. Okay. I'm not going to pretend to be either. Um, but I will say this. It hurt. I went and got an x-ray, and they said it wasn't broken. The doctor who came back with the x-rays was like, I don't know how. I really don't understand, but somehow it is not broken. <laughs> you have a bruise running halfway up your foot, and you don't have a single fracture even. So do me a favor and wear supportive shoes and take it easy for the next couple of days. Oh, nice. So yeah. Coincidentally, on a weekend, you know, wasn't excuse. Is it still bruised? Probably, yeah. You want to show the camera? You guys might smell it. Oh, yeah, no, don't do that. And usually we make people pay for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, What's your... your Onlyfeet.com? Yeah. Yeah, I will sell the photos of my foot. (laughs) You know, one person actually got a a photo of my foot and the x-ray for free. I won't say who. Your mom? No. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> she actually doesn't even know she might just get mad at me for getting hurt again so uh little known fact about me i got hurt so often on such a frequent basis when i was younger that my mom and my grandma started a pool on what bone i would break next because i broke in my arm in four places i broke my ankles i think five times i really messed up my femur once jacked up my jaw once i've been a lot Wow, that's yeah. the opposite. I think I broke a pinky finger once. Yeah. There was a point in time where I uh, I think I was healed from one break and broke another bone within a week. And that was like seventh grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. BMX. Yeah. When my wife was younger, she was swinging on a swing set and like jumped off and fell and broke her arm. And so they had to take her to the hospital or whatever. And... uh Initially, the doctor said that, like, she broke her growth plate or something in her elbow or something like that. And so, like, her right arm wasn't going to grow anymore. <laughs> so, my wife was like, which obviously it didn't happen. But she was like, would you, would you still have married me if I had a, like, a one T-Rex arm? I was like, sweetheart, 
I don't think I would have talked to you if you had a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think we would have known who each other were. I love you. No, you would have known no. who she was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would have known who you were. Just, oh, yeah. I was like, probably not. Yeah, I think my, uh, my mom ran track in high school. And she broke her growth plate in her knee. And they were like, you can get this surgery. Or you'll just never be able to run for the rest of your life. <laughs> she didn't get the surgery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she just has settled for not running, basically. Like, she can't run or just, like, it's too painful? Um, It's, like, it'll probably break the knee, I think. Because that the growth plate is really supportive for oh, okay. lots of different kind of activities. So she doesn't have a short leg? No. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure she was, that was senior year. So, oh, yeah. yeah. She was done getting taller, and she's 5'11", so tall enough. Anyways, but, yeah. Don't break your growth plate. Don't do that. Leave it alone. Hey, Joe, if you want to keep that mic a little close to you, because we're, I feel like we're losing some of that audio on you. Hello? Did you do anything special? Um, went over to a friend's house, his past client. Oh, thanks. Oh, not my house. Are you? Well, You're currently a client, right? Well, I'm a past client. I paid you for work. Technically, he oh, is a past client. Oh, yeah, he is a yeah. Yep. I thought, but I thought you meant like a friend. Yeah. I mean, you show up here every week, so that makes you something. Yeah, makes me not Scott. <laughs> that is oh, true. Burn. <laughs> he was only here long enough for us to fix his truck in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which and we did fix because it ran after we were done yeah that is true <laughs> which i uh, went over to a friend's house uh they're just having a party and all that good stuff so we were hanging out and i'd say probably the highlight of my night was um we were smoking cigars and then so, like i play chess and not a lot of other people that i know play chess so there's a couple of the guys there um, who said that they did. So we ended up playing a couple of games. And both games, I was in not a great spot. The guy missed getting me in checkmate in one of them. Ended up turning around both the games and beating them both. So I was like, all right. There we Were go. you excited that somebody played chess there? Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like I got really into it in middle school. Like Not enough to be like, oh, I was something special. But out of the people I knew, like I could beat everyone in my like the family, friends, all that stuff. So, like usually the people that I know, I could just beat. These gotcha. guys were more of like a challenge. So like when you play online, they've got it ranked up. So you're playing people that are relatively equal skill. So this gotcha. was in person, relatively equal skill. Super nerd status. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was to say because when we do like game nights with our friends. Nobody ever wants to play dominoes. I can't ever get a group of people to play like Mexican train or something. Really? It's very frustrating. You need dominoes, you just knock them over, right? How's that work? No, that's See? where you got to have like, you start <laughs> with, what is it? The There's actual games that you can play with dominoes that aren't just knocking them older, like knocking them over as you set up some cool. Like 52 pickup? How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, see, you see the games that he likes. Yeah. Don't knock dominoes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to knock him over all day I do the same thing with Jenga <laughs> This is a pinata Alright, let's get into it 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined by Joseph Morris. What are we drinking? Uh, we're drinking Kiri Ichiban. Kirin Ichiban. Very good Japanese rice beer. Go get some. Mason Oxendale, what do we got? Um, something unhealthy. Some uh, amino energy with electrolytes. Small nice. caffeine. Small you know, it's caffeine. getting, yeah, you know, it's getting close to bedtime. You drink it fifteen to we thirty minutes upper. before training. This is our this is our workout right here. <laughs> our mental workout. We'll play a game of chess afterward. Uh, and then, as always, the one, the only Shamrock chocolate milk. Ah, be honest. What? Come on. What's different? It's the whole milk, not the one. It's a half gallon. No, 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 no. He was onto something there. Let's hear it's it. The whole milk. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We were in the store, and they were out of court, so I had to go for the half gallon, and then Joe's giving me a hard time. He's like, they've got that 1% right there. I'm like, shut up. All right, inventory and building prices real quick. Uh, active inventory for Maricopa County. We like to show you guys these because, obviously, that's where we're at. That's what we know a lot of times. Hopefully, this is a reference for you guys if you're in Arizona or if you're someone else. You kind of get an idea of what real estate trends look like and some building trends look like across the country. So active homes right now, uh, 12,508. This is down 1,877 from last month. Closed in the last month is 4,003, which is down 80 from last month. Interest rate is right around 6.5% with a point buy down. There's a lot of movement going around with that interest rate. So if you guys want to know the accurate numbers on that or the most current numbers, we'd be happy to get you in touch with a lender. Um, but that's what I heard as of yesterday. So um, two by fours, two ninety eight a stud. That's down fifty seven cents. Plywood twelve thirty down two thirty from last month. Romex we don't even care anymore because that one has not changed in the time that we've looked at it. So. We've got a couple things to get into. Um, we're starting a little late tonight, so we'll see if we get all of our topics done. We've got some, uh, we want to talk about subscriptions versus single purchases. We're going to talk to you guys about appraisals, shortfalls, stuff like that. Uh, we'll have Mason jump into there to give us a description on what those things are. And then um, talk about the Federal Trade Commission has been talking about possibly prohibiting non-compete clauses. We'll kind of give our opinions on that, go from there. Um and if we've got some time, obviously we've got our uh, house that we try and review as well as we did pull the numbers from 2018 median purchase price from November all the way to 2022. So we'll be able to give you guys not just, oh, here's our opinion, here's what the trend is. We'll actually be able to tell you where those prices have been, what the percentage of change has been, and go from there. So um, let's jump in with our subscription versus single purchase. This is something I texted Joe about because he had talked to me probably a couple weeks, uh, this is probably a couple months ago now, about there was a car manufacturer doing some weird stuff with that and um, he'll he'll jump into that and kind of describe all of that and then we'll kind of uh, give our opinion and break some of that down. So I'm going to let you kind of take it from there. Right on. So this is a really deep dive. This is way deeper than I would have ever thought when you talk about subscriptions, because when I hear subscriptions, the only ones I subscribe to are for music and for TV, right? So Netflix and Spotify. Netflix is what, $12 a month or $15 a month? 
Spotify is about the same. Total Twelve dollars a month. That's how much you pay for it. I think so, something like that. I thought it was like seven ninety nine. Mm mm. That was like originally, but now yeah. it's like if you want to have like a couple screens, like it's gone up. Yeah, I know that they've they've taken it up, and part of that was they just axed all the competition. Uh, I so. use my mother in law still. Nice. Envy. Yeah. yeah, I don't have. A I don't think she realizes that she pays for it every month. This is probably not the place to talk about that. <laughs> or maybe it is, I don't know. I don't think she really knows what YouTube is, so... Yeah, that's fair. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Or Netflix, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, she uses it. She has another account. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before she's, we get off track, Joe, doesn't know. She's paying for it. Um, yeah, so like I said, um, so I look at things like, um, you know, buying an album from an artist, right? And just for example, you look at something like someone as big as Drake. Right, his CD is selling from ten to fifteen bucks, makes sense. But why would you spend that ten fifteen dollars on one CD when you can go and buy Spotify for fifteen or twelve dollars a month and listen to as much music as you can physically like jam into a week or a month? Could you even run out of artists to listen to on Spotify in a month? No, I don't think so. Probably not. I think on my Wrapped, I had like listened to over twenty nine hundred new artists, and <laughs> I mean, mind you, not a lot of it's English, but. Still, there's a lot of music on Spotify for $12 a month as opposed to one CD that you can listen to in a day. Um, so I started looking into it, and uh, like Thaddeus was mentioning earlier, uh, the German automotive manufacturer that is offering a subscription service for their EV vehicles, specifically the Mercedes EQ and EQE classes. So what the deal here is, according to The Verge, uh, you will pay for, what is this, almost a full second of acceleration faster on 0 to 60 times and unlock dynamic driving mode in your Mercedes EQ vehicles for $1,200 a year. Now, they don't change anything on the car. They don't do anything to it physically. All they do is log into whatever program they have and tell, that your, uh, tell your car that you have paid that $1,200 and now instantly you can go almost a full second faster 0 to 60. And you have other driving modes to choose from other than what is offered standard on the vehicle for $1,200 extra, $1, extra a year. So that's probably one of the weirdest subscription services I had heard of up until I started doing more research on single purchases. Now, the issue I run into that, because you start talking about single purchases, I think of specific items, but apparently it's more genres of things. Because I look at companies like Bespoke, who sell knives and guy-related stuff, if you will. Everything from razors to knives to um, soaps. They want $70 a month as opposed to spending $70 on one of those items. And uh, what else? What do you get with that $70 a month? $70 a month will get you a weird variety of things. So $70 a month will get you shaving cream, razors, razor blades, um, knives. It just kind of depends on, I think, what they have in stock. Have you seen a lot of there? There, I think I know what you're talking about. There's a lot of companies that started doing these like monthly boxes that mm-hmm. they send to people. Yeah, that, I do. That's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I do. Like I use a butcher box, and there's that's, three different things that you can do, like size of boxes that you can get, but and it costs money. That's different because with this, this is like I, I don't want to belittle what some of these people are doing. But in some of them, it's like, like he's talking about, you're going to get a knife, you're going to get this thing, you're going to get this thing. And it's like, all right, the quality isn't always fantastic, but they're sending shit to your house every month where 
butcher box. It's every month. You don't buy one box. It's right. a monthly subscription. Right, right, right. But you're buying food that you're going to eat every month. Mm -hmm. Like to me, there's a difference between you're going to send me little trinket shit every month, and then oh, I feel special because a package showed up. Versus, I need to buy groceries. This is a convenient way for me to order things. But how good does it feel when you you go home and you got a package for you at the house? Which, in some ways, that's what they're selling. Yeah. So go ahead, like. It's, yeah, it's like you guys are saying, it's partially an experience that you know, a lot of mm -hmm. these companies are selling. But the more I reached and kind of like dove into this, I realized that a lot of this kind of feels like they're just trying to sell like whatever was left over in the Chinese manufacturing factory um, <laughs> that didn't get sold on whatever, you know, like uh, Alibaba or whatever. Some of the things were like sketchy, like just didn't seem right. Like you're going to get a knife in the mail. That seems like okay. But some of these things were like really tripping me out. So we look at companies like HelloFresh. It's kind of more towards a butcher box mm -hmm. thing where you're getting meals. Well, the meals are seven fifty ish a piece. So monthly for an individual, you're looking at six fifty to seven hundred dollars a month if you're exclusively eating that three meals a day for a month straight. And that probably depend on how many to that. Is that just for one person, or is that for like, uh, hey, this will feed like two to four people? That's one person because really? that's per serving. Oh wow! Yeah. So maybe my math is bad on that. Maybe there's a possibility there. But that's kind of what I'm seeing is across the board. Um, but it's just weird because, like I said, it's just a very deep dive. So some of the things, like he was saying with the butcher box, there's one that I found called the bacon box, $48 a month, and they send you all kinds of weird different kinds of bacons. It's, it's you know, everything from, like, applewood smoke to Canadian bacon and everything of that nature, which isn't true bacon. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen it on Instagram. I think it's called like man crates. Yep. They send you this cool crate thing and you have to open it up with like a, a pry bar. Or yeah. What do you call those things? Yeah, mm -hmm. pry yep. bar. Crowbar. Yeah, crowbar. There you go. And uh, it just has random ass shit in it. And that's kind of like what Bespoke was the first one I was talking about there. But I mean, there's, it's not limited to men though. We've got a makeup box by a company called Ipsy that you will get $28. Oh, uh, dude, there's one for everything. Dogs, pregnant women, like just... Anything you could think of, any stage of life that you can think of, there is a box for you out there. And they've got one for disgusting people. It's called Pickle Box for $60 oh, a month. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> you can get all kinds of pickles for $60 a month. Why does that cost more than Bacon Box? That's what I want to know. Yeah, which, not, which, and I think the big thing is, like, we can look at some of these and say, when we were talking originally, I think the thing that got me kind of scratching my head and a little frustrated was going back to the cars right and it starts with everyone is going to i like to kind of term it the netflix model because netflix is the one that i'd say as far as really mass popularized it at least in my mind that hey it's the monthly subscription you're gonna get the, it started out with the dvds in the mail you can do one dvd a week or two and then it's their streaming service and it just went to the moon from there and then everyone started realizing it's not that, hey, I can sell you a CD or a DVD or just buy the music online, whatever it is, but we can get that reoccurring income every single month. So everyone's going that route, which I'm fine with if, if it's food, if it's things of that nature where it's like, okay, cool. But when, when you're selling someone a car, the hardware is all the same. The software should be all the same. Now, I understand as far as if you bought their upgraded software package that, hey, it took our engineers longer to work on this, so 
to get it downloaded into the car, it was more money, which that's an absurd idea as far as I'm concerned. Once you figure it the fuck out, you can just download it into any car from that point on. But for them to say, hey, pay us $1,200 a year to go a little faster, that's just a fucking money play. And we're seeing a lot of people do it where they're selling these horseshit things saying, hey, join the subscription when the hardware's the same or the thing is like the same, but you're not able, like, I don't know, it's... I mean, companies monetizing everything. I think that's the what why more people are going into electric cars and stuff because there's just a bigger market for you to do things like that. Plus, also, too, is not like... Uh, companies aren't creating things in hopes of creating consumers. They're they're creating these things based off of data and everything that people want them. People will buy them. So it's a really it's the us retarded consumers that are driving these stupid things that are buying these things. Which and that to me that's not the issue as far as it's if you want to go buy a Mercedes whatever like all the power to you. There's some people who are going to really love those cars. But when someone comes to you and says, okay, you have the car. Next year, I need $1,200 from you. Otherwise, it slows down. I don't think it slows down. Physically, it will slow down. Why? Because, because you didn't tell. pay for the fucking subscription. You didn't pay for the yearly subscription. For, for you didn't pay for the upgrade? So, no, no. And, there and, is no initial price for the upgrade. It is a yearly subscription of $1,200. And if you don't pay for it or if you pay for it the one time, they can tell the car, hey, he hasn't renewed it. Pull that away from him. You did, just lose a second on your your zero sixty time. Yeah, did but you like, find the one as far with the air conditioning, or where did we go with that? But so I want to go back to this car thing real quick. This is the same as the car. Yeah, thing. but like so when uh, you buy the car, like it can you know get zero to sixty in a certain amount of time, correct? Yeah. And so it's just an option, a package option subscription that you can buy to upgrade it. It's not even a package because you have yeah to exactly pay the it's a, yeah it's, a, it's an annual subscription to keep that. One mile per hour faster, right? Yeah. One, one but like, yeah, faster. but it's not like a, it's not every year you have the car, it gets a one mile an hour slower because you don't have the subscription. No, no, it doesn't yeah. get, no. It, I mean, I don't personally have a problem with it because if you want to go faster, the hardware's the same. That's what you have that's to do. That's my issue. But not the software. Well, yeah, but the thing is, the software can already be put in the car. Like you can pay the extra amount for the mm-hmm. software, which I think is insane in the first place. Because majority of the time, if you want your car to go faster, and you you know you can't always get it from the manufacturer. Ford offers tunes, which actually they're getting into the um, the uh, the position now where they don't even want people tuning their cars. Like I'm about to suggest, majority of people can take their vehicle down to a tuner's shop, and if their ECU is modern enough, most tuners can plug into it, put it on a dyno. And give them 30, 40 more horsepower right there. Mm-hmm. Mercedes is giving and taking away horsepower depending on how much you pay them on a yearly basis for that specific vehicle after the initial purchase price. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the you know, that's the weird gray area because it can do it. It should be able to do it, but we're not going to give it to you unless you give us $1,200 a year. So, yeah, but you know, but like going into it. If you're going to this card, you're knowing the specs and everything on yeah, it. Right? Yeah, this is a, this is transparent. Yeah, you're just yeah, you're just talking more like yeah. Just like, I I look at it in the market in general as far as there are certain things where it seems there's more and more of this movement towards a subscription model, right? Um, or a payment plan model, or these things, and it seems we're getting farther and farther away from people actually owning things. 
and the more we do that too, the more insane things we're seeing. Uh, for example, uh, what was this? Bone box. You can get an animal skull sent to you for $25 a month. Which I wonder it, what their number I wonder what their numbers are. Oh, it's got to be insane. There there's a workout program that um I follow. It's programmed by a guy who's a champion like five times over in his sport. Mm-hmm. So and it's $40 a month. And then you find out like how many members there are and it's millions of dollars a year. So in regards to the numbers that these people are pulling, it's insane, and it like it makes sense because going back to the Netflix model, like how many people have Netflix? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody, unless they're stealing it from their mother-in-law, right? Yeah. So, but like when you think about the amount of accounts that there are, it's a volume game, right? So instead of saying, "Hey, you've got to pay two thousand dollars to be able to get access to all these movies and all these TV shows," they're like, "We're going to do it monthly. It becomes this easy thing. Like it's." the price of like a coffee a week, right? So they can stack the volume on the backside. But in in some cases, I think my thing is more, and maybe it is geared towards the consumer, but I I feel like I'm just not happy with a lot of these people putting it forward like this. That Let me put it into perspective he can understand. What's your fuel economy on your Corolla like? I don't have a Corolla. What do you drink? Nissan Altima. That's right. Yeah. No, not even. It's not even that. It's a Nissan Sentra. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. It. All right. So you were you're boasting mileage, right? Let's hear that number real quick. Yeah, thirty. What like thirty miles per gallon? Imagine Nissan comes to you and says you're getting down to twenty four, unless you give us two thousand dollars a month or a year. Yeah, but I feel like that's not an accurate comparison because I the bought same thing because I bought the car knowing that it gets thirty miles to the gallon. Okay, so then it would be someone coming to you and saying, "Hey, so that's it. Yeah, that's like a city you that, could go from so. Would you buy that car with the expectation that it can do thirty, but you can only achieve that if you give them a two thousand dollars per year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just would I would have factored that into my decision. So here's the thing, though, right? When you talk about the Mercedes EQ vehicles, there's a lot yeah. of people out there who are trying to transition into electric cars. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I agree with it because cobalt mining and slavery is a really bad thing. But I will say this. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Um, for a company that's trying to reach out and get into a brand new community of car ownership in the first place, they're really trying to capitalize on people's, uh, maybe even ignorance when it comes to the vehicle itself. And one of the big selling points to the electric vehicles is how fast they go, mm-hmm. how quick they are. Yeah. Because you've got you know $40,000 Teslas that when you rip the interior out of are beating up Mustangs. Which I, I think, I don't know, I... I think part of it goes back to people are taking away ownership because more and more people are realizing the more stuff that you own that people want to utilize, the better position you're in. And in this case, it's like we can look at rents with property. Um, like, And that for us is an easy one where it's like, hey, to say renting in a short term makes a lot of sense in regards to if you're trying to save money to be able to buy a house, but we strongly encourage a lot of people to buy a house. Like, cause we're going to look at, we can look at the purchase, uh, median purchase prices here in a second. And then we we've been talking about before we got recording, like the appreciation, be able to have an asset, things like that. But when you're renting, obviously you don't get to keep any of that appreciation. You don't get to pay that off and have uh, an asset at the end of the day it seems to be that we're starting to see that in the car market and several of these other markets where people are starting to realize, hey, if I have the thing, whatever it is, and if 
it is a product that people want, I have the control here. And I, they're finding ways to not give it up. And I think as the consumers, I'm not super happy about that because it seems to just put the leverage on the other side of the table. Which, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. As far as as the consumer, we need to come in and understand if we're, if we're going to engage in that transaction, we are putting the leverage over there. We're, we're giving it to Mercedes that, okay, they're going to start with, yeah, it's one second faster on that zero to 60. But what happens next? Like, as far as, do you want the upgraded package for the air conditioning? Do you want, like, it's, you, you've got to lease thing after thing after thing to where at a certain point, you never own it. Like, so it, it can be on paper that you own it, but you don't. So here's a good, I don't know if it's input or how to describe it, but one thing I see a lot is when it comes to technology specifically. And I saw this early on before Netflix is kind of becoming big. But when you look at people's cell phones, pull your cell phones. What do you guys got? Mine's recording. It's an iPhone. What what iPhone is that? Is that a newer one? It's an 11. Okay. What do you got? It's just like the car that is was talking about. Hardware's the same, hmm. but they just changed the, uh, what do you call it? The technology in it. That's yeah. what iPhones do every year. But they, they give you guys the opportunity to probably upgrade the phones every mm-hmm. year. Instead of paying $1,200 out of pocket, you yep. have to upgrade the phone for however many dollars. So you never truly own your phones. Yep. So that's where, like, I'd say mine is different. I do my, I buy my phone outright yeah. every time. But a lot of the selling point for yes. iPhones in particular yep. and the reason people can buy into it so easily yep. is because... Just- they, oh, I only have to give you $200 right now, and I can get the next one for yeah. that much money. So you're just getting irritated at companies taking advantage of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which sucks. they've been doing for years. Yeah, which, and I don't know, like we've said, as far as I don't like the companies doing it on their side, it seems like it's happening more and more. But then also on the consumer side, it's to say, hey, guys, like we got to knock this off as yeah. far as... I mean, it, that's why I don't blame the companies, really, cause, because if they have this upcharge on the Mercedes... If everybody doesn't buy it, they're not going to, you know, pay for somebody to develop it. Yeah, you know, that's true. so it's just like we're we're still in charge. It's just we are being manipulated on the truth and all that stuff, just by these big companies who yeah. have a lot of money and own a lot. Yeah. So yeah, just like I'll, all these fast food, these processed foods, they are genetically enhanced to make you hungry and make you eat more. So you buy more of their shit. And we are going to go eat it right after this. Yeah, you're going to Wendy's. I need 18 Hot Pockets right now. And they're going to put it as it's a convenience thing. Yes. Yes, it is. There's a lot of problems with big companies. Yeah. All right. Don't say that too loud. (laughs) (laughs) You might end up like the last guy who invented a water-powered engine. What happened to him? He died. (laughs) Suspiciously. He was, he was so, murdered. There's a lot of people saying worse things than me out there. Oh, They're yeah, first to go. Yeah. Well, Alex Jones <laughs> is being sued already for how many billions of dollars? I thought it was a billion. I thought that went through. Who? It did, yeah. Alex Jones? You don't know who that is? I don't know who Alex Jones oh, is. Oh, well, okay. That's a good thing right. for you, I guess. Yeah. Who is that? We'll leave it that. That's another, that's another uh, thing that's on. Look, yeah, Just, look it up after. Who is he? He's a guy who... I mean, I'm pretty been, sure it doesn't take you 10 minutes to explain points. a person. He's been very correct about some very weird shit that's happened in society with... Conspiracy some, theories? Yeah, but he's right a percentage of the time. But there was one of the things he was very wrong on and got sued. And he's like having to pay out a billion dollars. So, so yeah. well, why do you think The Simpsons are the longest running... Animation because they've never been wrong. Yeah, time machine, right? Exactly. Who is that guy? 
I'm going to get off my soapbox. Let's move on to something that is, I don't know, in the realm of what we talk about. Appraisals. Um, we were if talking about get, this before. Yeah, if you, get a, if you get a home loan, you need an appraisal done. Yeah, for the most part, 95% of the time. All right. Which, Can you waive them? Before the podcast, we started talking about this. Mason was bringing up that's not something that is as big of a deal as maybe last year, but like it is still an important part of the transaction. So wanted him to kind of explain what they are. Like, can they be waived? What are the shortfalls? Like, what does a shortfall mean with all of that? So I'll let you kind of take the floor on that. Yeah. So basically, when you're using a home loan to get a home, uh, the lender is going to get an appraisal of the home to find out the value of it. Uh, to make sure that your price that you agreed upon with the seller is the appraised value of the home. Because the lender will what lend about 95% of the home value. Yeah, if you're a first-time conventional, they'll go 97 yeah. on a loan value. Yeah, it switches, but 95 is just a good number. Um, so, you know, it either has to appraise at what you bought it for or appraise for more than what you bought it for. Obviously, if you buy a house for 350 it appraises for 360 You instantly bought a house that has uh, equity in it, which is a phenomenal buy. You did a good job. You had a good realtor. Um and uh, shortfall with that he's talked about, there's a, that's a scenario where um, the appraised value does not meet the purchase pr- the agreed purchase price. So you're buying a house for 350, it comes and it's only appraises for 340. So now you're short 10 grand. Now, depending on how much money you're putting down, you know, give or take, you know, you're going to have to put an extra amount of money down in order to meet that number. So, you know, 340, 350 to 310, $10,000. Usually, if you're doing 5% down, you're going to have to come a full $10,000 out of pocket on top of your already down payment well, plus your closing costs. Kind of slowing down on that real quickly. Usually, people have kind of three options, right? As far as it's either. When you come in, if it's ten thousand dollars short of what it, a house appraises for, you can. Oh yeah, I just had. Go ahead. You can negotiate as far as to say, hey, can we meet in the middle? As far as can the buyers bring an extra five thousand dollars? They need to do that in cash to the table, um, and then the sellers will knock off five thousand dollars from the price. The buyers can pay for the whole ten, or the sellers can come down the whole ten. Which I guess the fourth option would be basically if none of those become acceptable, then there's a loan denial and it's canceled. Yeah, I don't believe it's called a loan denial, is it? Because you can get, if you... The, well, you'd get loan denied based on that amount. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So, because you have the appraisal contingency inside the purchase contract. So, if you don't come to a meeting of the minds with negotiation or you don't have the extra funds to come up with the shortfall, then you can, I don't, what is it, like seven days, five days, three days? I don't remember, but... uh Within that certain time frame, you can actually cancel the contract and then get your earnest money out. So but, here's, here's a question I have. Yeah. What if somebody says, I've got this much collateral put up, and they say, I've got a $20,000 truck. Here's the title. That is a lender question, and I don't think you can do that. Which I've actually got a story about. I was going to save that for next week. but um, <laughs> so, Collateral. They wouldn't take collateral of a vehicle. 
the lender's not going to. So, and in that case, like unless the seller is going to do a seller financing and part of the collateral that is wrapped in is a vehicle, that might be able to work, but that's going to be such a very specific... Like, you'd have to have a friend who's doing that for you because that's not going to work yeah, otherwise. Yeah, the lender's not going to be able to do something like that. No. Okay, so I can't trade my Hellcat in for a house. No. I might be able to go to the pawn shop. Not a pawn shop. <laughs> Definitely not a dealership either. No. Yeah, yeah. but also, too, on that remark, um, if you do the appraisal, by the time you get the appraisal back, usually you're at very at least halfway through the closing period, yes. if not even closer. Yep. So you, yes, you do get to cancel. You do get your earnest money, but um, both sides, the sellers already got people moving stuff or whatever. You're already planning uh, to get all your stuff moved up there. You're packing stuff up. You're maybe you're calling utility companies, getting your name switched. So that's kind of a last resort. Most time, most both parties do want to somehow come to some kind of agreement. Yep. And it's also, in some ways, the responsibility of the buyer's agent and the seller's agent, like we talked about last week as far as running comps, mm-hmm. to be able to say, for the sellers, did you market this house accurately? And then on the buyer's side, did you do the due diligence not to just be a complete asshole and come in and say, we're going hundred grand over, and not expect to have an issue? Yeah. I mean, and too, you can always... Not necessarily have a sh- appraisal shortfall. You could have what's called a tidewater. So the appraiser, the appraiser didn't have enough comps in the area, kind of thing. And so they come to you and ask you to give. You know, they'll go to the seller. What comps did you use for the purchase price? They'll go to the buyer. You know, ask you. You know, send us some comps of what you know why it proves the purchase price of the home, and then they use those to figure it out. Um, but. Uh, um, that's just, I mean, there's different, there's different, a bunch of different ways how you can get around the appraisal, um, especially when it's a, when you're in a shortfall, there's so many different things that you can do with it. Um, well, how, how could someone get like a waiver on the appraisal so they, yeah, don't, they don't even have to do it? Uh, the rule of thumb used to be if you're at least putting 20% down on the home, you can most likely get the uh, have the lender waive the appraisal, but what kind of lending would need to be going on that? Could you do that on FHA or how? What kind of loan? Are we any of them? Any of them? Right or not? Probably only conventional. I don't think you can get a waiver. I think it's only on FHA. Yeah. yeah. So if it's a conventional loan and you're putting twenty percent down, I've now that was back it was like thirty, but yeah. Well, that was back, um, you know, before twenty twenty. You know, that was usually. They could ask for it at twenty percent, um, yeah. And the lender would waive the appraisal, and they you don't have to pay for the appraisal. You don't have to worry about all that stuff too. Yep. Uh, but then during all the twenty twenty, because of the crazy things going on, it didn't matter how much you were putting down if you were getting pretty much a loan in general that you were going to have to get an appraisal for the home. Uh, but so when the craziness was going on, you could do different things with you could uh, waive the. Um, appraisal so you know if by chance you did have a lender who would waive the appraisal you could actually so that would be an incentive with your purchase contract you'd be like, hey i'm offering this much for the home and i don't have to get an appraisal which is good as a seller because you're like oh i don't have to worry about it 
not appraising for the purchase price. I don't have, have to, to negotiate. I don't have to come down stuff. on the price. What you see is what you get. Yeah, and also... So it uh, has his title in the house, basically. Say again? And then it has his title in the house, basically. Almost. Yeah, almost. For, for, for the lending side, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So, like, during the... You still have the inspection, which that was another thing that people were saying, hey, we'll take it as is, waive the appraisal, and basically, yeah, they were saying... So there's a possible to waive inspection money. and appraisal. Oh, yeah. How often is that? Not often. Well, yeah. But before, it was happening more on a regular basis, but... Um, so, for inspections, the reason why you'd get inspect... You could... We don't have to get into it. All right, I'll keep it brief. As far as usually you want to get an inspection because you can cancel on an inspection, even if there's a way to do it where you will tell them, we're not going to ask for a credit, but you still want to know if something's going on. Be and you can cancel appropriately, get your earnest money back. Because let's say you, you're going to buy a house and we do an inspection. The ridiculous analogy I give is, let's say we find out there's dynamite in the walls. We're not going to ask the seller, hey, we want a credit for you to fix it. We're just like, hey, we're walking away. So there, there's that level of protection, but for some people, like usually you can tell, like for some of the houses, even we've gone over as far as, Hey, it, some of the quality for what we can tell from the pictures seems like they did a good job. We don't expect to be encountering any issues. If they say new AC, new hot water heater, cool. Those are going to be some big ticket items, new roof, just wave the, wave the inspection. We've got the money, wave the appraisal. And basically you're looking at an almost as is contract at that point. Yeah. Cause uh, in Arizona, yeah, it pretty much anytime you buy a house, no matter what, the, it's you're buying it as is. So that's why you need to have that inspection and go through the make sure everything's good and go through the. Um, On behalf of a smart buyer, you you condone these things. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. you got to. Yeah. Yeah. So what if there's like what if the foundation's fucked? Yeah. Well, and it goes back to the story like you had said. Um, it was probably a month ago where the people had bought the house and there was the leaking in the house and they had no idea. There's stuff like that as far as it's they could have written it into their contract to say we're not going to ask for any credits We're not going to ask for you to repair something But there's still if there's an issue we have the ability to cancel so they'd be able to walk in and go Why does it smell like mold and if they had an inspector there to go? This is mold. It's not just it smells funny in here. They could have gotten them out So yeah mm. <laughs> All right We can go into more detail in the next podcast for you. Yeah. All right, we're at 50 minutes right now. So we've got noise. <clears throat> do we want to talk about the FTC thing? Do we want to do our house? Do we want to talk about the median purchase prices? What do we want to do? Let's get let's skip out on the house. All right. You want to do FTC and then talk about the median purchase price or do you let's want to just, just dive yeah. into that? Let's go. All right. <clears throat> we'll kind of do this one quickly. Uh want to spend kind of more of the rest of our time on the media median purchase prices but federal trade commission this was a news headline that was coming out tried to dive into it a little bit they're going to be possibly prohibiting non-compete clauses with the exception of buyer and sellers uh businesses so that's going to mean that if um joe has a company i come to work for him he can't have me sign a non-disclosure saying hey you're not going to come do the same work that we do here but what he can still say is, you're not allowed to go approach my buy the people who buy from us or some of the vendors for X amount of time. Then um, 
so that'd be like their non-solicitation. Um, let's see, where else would be? I'm losing my spot in my notes. Um, yeah, that would not, so, yeah, which... That would be their updated rule. So a lot of companies seem to be obviously moving to the... Uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? A lot of companies are moving towards those non-compete clauses, and it seems a little weird as far as... Yes, they're, they're trying to establish, hey, we've got something going on here, but the FTC does seem to be recognizing that, hey, we're not a huge fan of that. So um, initial thoughts. What do we think? That... These companies are a bunch of pussies. Why? With the non-compete clauses. They're afraid. Yep. Right? They're afraid of their own assets working against them. Which I get if you're like... High-end. Yeah. yeah. If you're like running the company kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Um, that was the buyer-seller thing. I'm, so sure there'll if, be a, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a stipulation, too, if they, if they make a law saying non-compete clauses, but probably... For not for the higher end. That people. was what my buyer seller note was for. Um, it's if let's say Joe sells his company to Mason, Mason can have a non compete clause for him, but they can't have one for the employees. So it's when you're buying and selling, he can't be like, hey, I'm going to buy your podcasting company from you. And Joe goes, cool, thanks for the $100,000. Mason, here's the podcast, the platform. Now you've got access to like, whatever subscription base we've built up. But then Joe goes out and goes, you know what? Like I love podcasting. So I'm just going to go start another one doing the same exact thing. So that's still allowed, but it wouldn't be allowed for if Joe owned this whole thing that me as an employee could, I'm allowed to go start my own podcast. Gotcha. So oh, the no. government's actually doing something smart. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> which, and I think I like, it. which, and you I think you don't think it's going to okay. happen. Oh, no, I just don't believe that they'll ever do anything smart. Okay. Well, what do you not think this is a good idea? No, I think it's a great idea. Okay. Which, and I think, like you guys said, I, I think this definitely does incentivize, or not incentivize, provides protection for people where it's like, hey, if you're highly proficient at your job inside a company and you see that you might be able to do something in that industry, uh, it's providing a level of protection for them. And it also does make those companies step up to say, hey, if you see someone in your company who's very good at what they're doing. Plus incentivize them to stay. Yes. We, we need to pay them because God forbid they go out there and they're going to be able to figure it out. We got one of those. <clears throat> we got one of those. And uh, they ask a lot. It gets paid. <laughs> Is that you? No. Oh, okay. Maybe. Probably not. Hopefully. I'd like to think so. Okay. The numbers don't add up, though. So I'm not going to assume. I'm trying to think of office. No. Is that why you you could do the podcast? So the uh, sledgehammer and the office construction side, you know, you're just too high up. You know too much that yeah, I, I can have to pay you. Go. I've got to pay him any money we make. So yes. it's just it's a mess. He'll it's ask good. for more. He will. And I'm going to have to just take a loan out. Yeah, <laughs> the companies start losing money like the WNBA. <laughs> yeah. start, you said start losing money. That's not relevant to the WNBA. WNBA um, loses money every year. Every I know, that's year. what I mean. You said you start losing. They've right. always lost money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? 
I'm gonna follow and push that one too much. Yeah, I don't think you want to touch that one. I'll push it farther. I love all the memes where they're like, "Isn't it funny how we've got all these feminists, but they never seem to show up for the WNBA games?" Anyways. <clears throat> Non-compete clauses. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up with some medium, median <clears throat> purchase prices. Correct. All right. Segments haven't been as smooth for this podcast. At least that's what my feeling is right now. But oh yeah, awful. It's been awful. Terrible. It's I don't been, know. It's been programmed very poorly. We did it again. <laughs> yes. Anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> Median purchase prices. We've been talking about these for a while as far as to say, okay, we see the market coming down. Um, and one of the big things I noticed, we got the most recent numbers from the Arizona, uh, whatever that publication is. We'll have to look at it. School of Real Estate. And Business. That's their publication? Sure. Whatever. We referenced it last time. We'll check it's there. Whatever. Anyways, you should put it in the podcast notes. I should. Um, fuck. Anyways, we uh, went back and looked at where the median purchase prices were, and we were able to find it from November of 2018 all the way to their most recent numbers <clears throat> that they've released right now are for November of 2022. So uh, November, we saw a drop. So I think last we talked, it was 492.7 was the median purchase price that we were seeing, if I remember correctly. Well... Uh, November now sees us at $469,000 for the median purchase price. So a pretty significant slide. But <clears throat> when we look at this historically, we're going to run through quite a bit of numbers. So 2018, November, the median purchase price was 292000 2019, it was 315000 So that was an 8% increase. Going from 2019 to 2020, we saw a 17% increase up to 369. So that's going to be $80,000 uh, up from 2018. And then 2021, we saw a huge spike. I swear to God, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you're typing. It's going to be something <laughs> bad. <clears throat> Uh, up 27% to $469,000 for the median purchase price, which is the same median purchase price that we have for November of 2022. So a 0% change. You're, you're, you're looking at me like you did something dumb. I'm just looking forward to it. <laughs> 500 meshes is nice. Uh, you figured this out, dude. <laughs> I found this. This chat. is an important segment of the podcast. I feel like <laughs> I you should get so distracted. <laughs> All right. Tell he's hungry. I just thought it was going to be a really good night. Um, we seem to be butchering it. But, anyways. Um, Look at the percent changes. All right, real 8%, quick. 8%, real quick. 17%, 27%. We saw this peak out in May at 540. We're seeing this come back down. So, obviously, we've said. Like, all right, this isn't, we, we were trying to pay attention to um, where they were in 2019. So now mm -hmm. that we know 2019, we were sitting at a median purchase price of 315. What are your initial thoughts looking at these numbers right now? Yeah, I mean, 
I don't, not the biggest fan of median purchase prices. But I mean, I guess it does its, you know, it does its job, but it's the uh, percent, you know, year after year change. So we were at 292 in what, 2019, 2019, 2018, uh, 315, 2019. So you have uh, the 8%. From right yep. from eighteen to nineteen, yep. and then you see the twenty, the twenty-one. You see the seventeen, twenty-seven percent yep. hike. Now that is super. Have we ever? I don't know if we've ever seen that big of a hike. Have we? I don't believe so. Yeah, year after year, um, even from eighteen to nineteen, that's still like eight percent, and still like at a, a high percentage for the appreciation rate of a home. Um, so like. Obviously, the median purchase price for a home right now is going to be is significantly higher because of the crazy markups. So, the numbers just show you that we aren't necessarily, um, what do you call it? The market for a home, the the value of a home is really like going down, or we're going to go into a recession, and all these homes are going to be you know two hundred thousand dollars less. Like we've said this a thousand times, that the market's correcting itself. It's going to go back closer to the 8% average year after year. Okay, real quickly, just to play devil's advocate on yeah. this. When would we say, at what point would we say we are trending in a very bad direction? Because we saw 540, now we're down to, we're going to say 470. So we've seen a $70,000 difference, and we're not even 12 months into this. Yeah, I'd say... Um, if you see the if you see the prices getting back to the 2019 in the 315 range, that's when you want to start you know worrying a little bit. I mean, because what? Do quick math. 315, so 2019. So say it stayed at eight percent. So that's an extra twenty five thousand times you know 315. So you're at 340 for. Um, uh, whatever you call it. Okay. 2020. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you just gradually go up 8% every year, yep. we're going to be closer to that four. I mean, I can't, I'm not doing the math right now, but you're going to get closer to that 400 range. Yep. So, you know, theoretically, that I would start probably to worry once we see the medium high price get closer to 400, if not below that. Okay. So, and then just to kind of push on this as far as if we're saying right now on average 4,000. Homes are closing in a 30-day window. And so I think from May to November, that's a six-month period. We're seeing 24,000 homes that if someone bought around that time period, so who, um, wherever we fall into now, we've got 24,000 people that are now below what it was in that time period when they bought it. Mm -hmm. And the farther it goes down, we're going to keep stacking those numbers onto it. Mm -hmm. Does that influence anything that you say as far as concern? Because my, my only thing with this would be is I, I think we're going to hit a point where we level out. Yeah. The, the hard part is the fed is still being aggressive with those rates. So it's, it's not being helpful in any way. And there's been a lot of people who expect that once those rates come down, obviously those the closed numbers are going to skyrocket, which would mean that the 
prices are going to start going up again. I don't know. Are they going to skyrocket? Like, how far are they going to bring down the interest rates? They're not bringing them back down to two or three percent, which started this fiasco. If they go down to like four and a half, yeah, it's a NIF. I mean, it's going to it's going to tick up. But how many people have we had in this very office say that's where they're going? I don't care what they say. Okay. All right. But yeah, that that's what I'm saying. As far as in in the industry, we've got people who are saying. Guys, just wait, just wait. Second, third quarter of 2023, that's going to that's gonna be the time right there. And when that happens, you're going to have so many fucking buyers that money's going to be coming out of your ears because all the part-time agents, they got out. I think you're over-exaggerating just a tad. But, I mean, like, it is going to jump up, you know. But it's just like it's ebbs and flows of a business, the real estate market, you know. Because right. it's going to go down for a little bit. A lot of people probably are going to refinance like myself. Um, that, you know, bought at a higher interest rate. Right, know? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just like, I mean, I told, like, you just, just don't get scared over the short-term things. If you buy the house at the high number, but then, like, all of a sudden, two years, three years later, that it's, you know, 40 grand, 50 grand less than what you bought it for, like, as long as you can afford the house payments, it doesn't matter. Like just wait it out. It's a, a real estate's a long game. You're not flipping houses. You're not you know. So like what I told clients too, especially when the, the prices were so high, is like a I think that the Arizona market that we are going to continue to grow, which means that that prices of home market is going to get more expensive. But right now we're seeing the down part because everything goes up and down. But I told my clients I was like, yeah, if you're gonna like, you must be comfortable with the with the monthly payments. And you must be, like, you're going to want to be in your house for over five years. Just because you don't get that freak out. But again... Which, and and I think that goes back to you being a good agent. Because, yeah, I got a little dramatic with my example. But, like, we heard those things. We hear those things from lenders. We hear them from other realtors Mm -hmm. that... Not that we're going to have money coming out of our ears, but they're like, we're going to be so busy, it's going to be crazy, we're going to be making <clears throat> a lot of money because there's a lot of agents who have gotten out of the market. And it's like, hey, like you've got the correct way of saying, yeah. here's what we're supposed to be doing. Here's how you set yourself up to play it, play it correctly. Yeah. So, because uh, my, my thing is more just looking in regards to when we were at 540, we went down to 500 and then went to 499. It's like, cool. It seems that 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 whatever that slide is kind of seemed to be leveling off, but now it's seeming to, like, we're still moving. Yeah. So I want to, I, I don't think the floor is 315. No, no, I, no. I no. don't think the floor is 369. No, yeah, you know, the, yeah, the floor, I think the floor is going to be, we're getting closer to it. Absolutely. You know, but not a freak out floor, like more as in the floor of like where we're going to, Probably settle a little bit, maybe start going back up, then back down like we always do. Yeah. You know? Which um, in... And a lot of people overbought too, like literally just to lock in a freaking 2.5% interest rate. They overbought so they had a lower interest rate. Yeah. You know? Which in, I will say, this this should be different than 2008 in regards to the qualification of the buyers who were purchasing houses. Oh, yeah. So it's not that, okay, we've got... They're not giving it to anybody. Right. So they're not, like you said, can you afford it? Mm -hmm. It's not that they're stuck in these houses that they can't afford and it's going to 
the interest rate is going to go up. So, yes, I should step down from Armageddon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think people, too, should realize that, hey, we've now got people who are in these houses that they're yeah. going to be stuck with for a while. Exactly. And it's not, obviously, Plus 2000, everyone. 2008, it was, the, it was the, uh, the arm loans that had the balloon payments that screwed everybody. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're going to have the same payment when you bought yep. it at this price versus what it's worth. Yep. Joe, we kind of went on a rant for a minute. Thoughts? Houses are expensive. I'd like to see them get down in price. Interest rate coming down would be good. Are we doing both of those things simultaneously? It looks like it. We're doing one of them right now. Well, the yeah, price interest rates really are not coming down that much. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to see that prices overall are starting to come down. That Where 2020 do you, to yeah. 2021 jump of $100,000 a house is insane to me. Looking at houses now where I want to live, where they sold for, you know, closer to 218 in 2018, uh, and they're upwards of 300 plus now, is very discouraging uh, from a buyer's perspective. Oh, dude, you're not, like, but that's sailed. Yeah, oh, the, I the know. The thoughts of you buying an actual single-family home for under 300000 well, And that's what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly, about. yeah. You guys want a family? What? <laughs> <laughs> and a house at the same time? <laughs> Yeah, that's not that's not my expectation, personally. But I will say this: when I look at homes in places, and they're a little bit more remote too, maybe mm-hmm. not somewhere as you know centralized as Phoenix or Scottsdale or even Tempe for that matter. Like I'm, I'm talking about like Cottonwood, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, Oxendale, Dot Sheep, and Chrysler, Cottonwood, Arizona. Yeah, let's go. Because <laughs> we're looking up there, and we're you know I'm looking at houses that were like I say in two hundred, you know maybe two fifteen, two eighteen. Oh yeah. But now they're upwards like three fifty. Do you have a realtor? Huh? Do you have a realtor? That handsome bastard right there will be. Not for Cottonwood, but... Why not? It's outside of our county. You can, you have a... I'll I, buy the gas. Whatever. I can help you out with that, sir. Very good. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's just my personal <clears throat> situation where my goal is to have something with, like, two bedrooms. You know, I'm not looking to raise a family in a house. So. No. Yeah. Somebody wants to come put up with me and my cars, they're more than welcome. But if, if, if the house needs to expand, if there needs to be more bedrooms, I'm also going to call him to add a bedroom. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can figure out the permits and zoning later, but in the time being, we can lay down some concrete and put up a couple two-by-fours. Yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, I'm glad the market's moving the way it is. I wish to move a little bit faster <laughs> as far as getting cheaper. But being realistic and understanding that's not probably going to be the case, I'm willing to settle for a little bit with renting an apartment, unfortunately. Which, and I know you've got this. I know I've got this. I've got a gentleman that I've been working with for a while that he's waiting for some of these prices to come down so he can get his monthly payment right. And I think the interest rates would help with that quite a bit. But we we have people who are priced out of the market. So in some ways, there are people where it's like, hey, like it's coming down and that's great. And then on the other side, we we've helped people buy in the last year where it's like, we don't necessarily want the market to come down because we're seeing their equity disappear when that happens. Yeah. So seeing people that bought in high lose equity because the market comes down. Right. So like you, I feel bad on either side of it, but it's, it's one of those things where it's, I feel like for the larger economy, we don't want to see the slide happen too much farther. So 
Do you think Thad and his girl... What is this? I don't think you want to read that out loud. Right. <laughs> Have a compassionate and caring relationship? Yes. <laughs> Correct. Does your girlfriend listen to the podcast? No. She will after tonight. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you mean, like, how is she not subscribed yet? I don't know. Oh. I don't I just let her do her thing. Yeah. Well, let's end the podcast. Let's do that. Joe, where the, can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at searchit underscore there, where I uh, build cars and lawnmower engine-powered little bicycles because I have 5 IQ, and that's fun. Mason? You can find me on the IG at Mason Oxendale. Feel free to shoot me a DM with, if you have any questions about anything. Or if you have concerns with Thad or Joe that you would like to relate to me, that works as well. <laughs> he will make sure that he types them in the in the chat that gets posted to the top of the screen that yep. you are all displaying. All right, I'm Thaddeus Claus. Uh, if you want to see what I'm doing in real estate, at, at Thad AZ Realty on Instagram uh, for construction at Saito underscore building. Um, we're working on some stuff going into 2023. Obviously, we're ironing out some of our details for the podcast, trying to make it cleaner for you guys. So uh, hopefully something that is valuable for you in regards to learning more about the construction and real estate industry. So um, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. If you do enjoy it, please share it with a friend. And until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and your work blessed. See everybody. Amen. Do the thing. You always want to do it. There we go. Oh, there dear we go. God. <laughs> you look the chat. Amen. <laughs> My brain's on fire. Well, the chat worked. <laughs>